This is What the FC. I'm Will Martin. And I'm Matt McCutcheon. MLS is weird, and we love a good story. Let's go. Welcome back to What the FC. You are listening to Episode 7, which is going to be our playoff prediction episode. We just had Decision Day yesterday on Sunday because we were recording this on Monday. So we watched a lot of games uh, as the Eastern Conference wrapped up at 3.30 kickoff times and the Western Conference wrapped up simultaneously at 6.30 kickoff times. It was a lot of fun seeing everyone in the league all play at one time. Really exciting to see Philadelphia Union win their first trophy in club history with clinching the supporters shield with a two nil victory at home to new england yeah did you see the actual trophy that they had to yeah. use like a stand-in captain america <laughs> trophy that they retrofitted that was hilarious it was like super weird like they had they had like handles on the back of it like i felt like it was a, a shield like captain america was a good uh no it, it actually was was it like yeah, actually no, like the, a, the, the the shield guy like it, like i know it wasn't the real shield it, but it like, wasn't the real shield but it was like a captain america shield that they got and they retrofitted it to look <laughs> like obviously different no uh, than, way yeah and so of course that's the most COVID thing of course you know <laughs> uh, a shield that was already very controversial in the in terms of whether or not it should be you know legitimate or not yeah and having you know not the actual shield it, there it did look quite it did look quite weird and, yeah you know. yeah all that kind of stuff so anyway uh the the season did just wrap up and we're really excited for playoffs to get underway here really really soon so Excited for this one, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing okay. You know, I uh, been a I, bit better, right? Yeah, I've been better. So um, for for those of you who don't know, I I might have uh, gotten a, a a concussion last week. So <laughs> we were playing some pickup soccer, and Will decided that he had had enough <laughs> of my Game of Thrones eleven <laughs> argument, and he said, "No, it's the Ice King was the number nine. Um, and not <laughs> not Grey Worm, and so he just put a shoulder into my head. No, and, yeah, I mean yeah. for real, like Grey Worm as a number nine is just a ridiculous choice. He's clearly a defensive player, and so I just needed to throw a shoulder right into your nose and concuss <laughs> you, just so that to knock a little bit of sense into you. Yeah, um, but I mean. Other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, you know, just chilling at home, taking some time off of school and, and everything. But how are you feeling about your predictions for uh, for the playoffs? I feel like they're going to be really, really wrong. Yeah, um, I was doing some prep work and I even acknowledged to myself in my notes that you're getting too emotional right now and you're too attached to this team. But <laughs> screw it. We're, let, we're They're going all the way to MLS Cup. So you, you, you'll find out who I got too emotionally attached to and sent them all the way to MLS Cup. So perfect. Um, it, it should be good. So before we get into this whole playoff prediction thing, we're going to run through both of our back brackets and argue against each other. And, you know, obviously I'll be right and Matt will be wrong. And we'll see December 12th who was actually right and who was actually wrong. But before that, let's just give you a quick run through of, of what the MLS season has looked like and, and how we got to that point. Yeah. Um, so the season started just as every other season has started in February. And right. uh, the, there was like three or four weeks of games that went on. And, and then COVID hit and shut everything down in the U.S. and worldwide within soccer. 
And so it wasn't until July that the MLS was able to get some games underway. And so they created the MLS's back tournament. And similar to what the NBA did for, for their playoffs, right. they just went to Orlando and created a bubble. No teams could enter uh, with COVID cases like Nashville and FC Dallas. Yeah, and Nashville and FC Dallas both got there and then got kicked out because they had like 10 positive cases each. So they, those two teams did not play in that tournament. Yeah, exactly. And so they just wanted to ensure the safety of players and everything. And so for those, I think a month and a half, they, they played the tournament and then the um, season went underway at the end of August and doing a lot more regional based playing. So you had a lot less overlap between Eastern and Western Conference teams playing each other. You had Toronto and Montreal pretty much just living in New York and <laughs> only playing the Northern teams for the most part. So right. you had like a very weird schedule for yeah. for those games and then ultimately we we got to this week for the playoff decision games and now we're at the brink of the playoffs exactly so uh, the conference alignment was a little imbalanced this year uh, nashville got moved to the east a bit last minute um, because of some various covid things and all that kind of stuff so there was 12 teams in the west and 14 teams in the east so eight out of the 12 teams from the West made the playoffs and 10 out of the 14 teams from the East made the playoffs. That was just to kind of keep the percentages. I know it's a little bit weird. And to make up for that, uh, the eight teams from the Western Conference go straight into like the actual first round, but uh, seven through 10 in the Eastern Conference have a little play in game to actually kind of get into the first round. I mean, think March Madness, like those 16 seed play in games, it, a similar type of thing okay. here. So yeah. uh, like an extra round on front. But uh, I did the math on this and this means 70 percent of teams in MLS make the playoffs this season, which is pretty high considering the st- the standard most of the time for these middling MLS teams is make the playoffs. But is that really that high of a standard? Yeah, no, I, I don't think whatsoever. I mean, I know for college football to get into a bowl game, you have to at least have a season uh, where you have like a 500% yeah. or like a um, 50% win average or whatever. Yeah. And so there's like a very low standard for that as well. And so then you get a lot of controversy in terms of, oh, okay, yeah, well, your team was six and eight or something and they lost to a lot of bad teams so they're not a good team in actuality but they're getting a bowl game and and is it really worth it to celebrate that or or not right. so i kind of get those vibes if 70 percent of the teams are making it into the playoffs mm-hmm. and so i think that there should be maybe a little bit of a reform in terms of the amount of teams allowed in yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting one i mean on, on the other hand when you do let that many teams in it makes for some better underdog stories exactly so and you also want enough rounds to make the playoffs worth it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if you just have the top four teams from each conference like it's only conference semifinals conference finals mls cup and when you're talking about broadcast revenue and all that kind of stuff and ticket and gate revenue for some of these clubs, you want more of them making it and you want more of them trying to stay more relevant in their market. So I think there's some talking points there either way that would actually probably be a pretty good idea for a future episode. Yeah. Uh, me and Matt like having those conversations where we really break down the complexities of those things. Um, so keep a lookout for that. If that little talking point interested you, I'm sure we will get to that topic at some point here in the fu- in a future episode. So 
Moving on, though, the way the playoffs are constructed, it's four rounds, so a round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Uh, they are. It is the Eastern Conference, all plays against each other to, try to crown an Eastern Conference playoff champion. Same thing on the Western Conference, and then the Western Conference and Eastern Conference champions play each other in the final. So it isn't seeded like 1 through 16. Okay. It's 1 through 8 on the Western, 1 through 8 on the Eastern. Uh, and then you've obviously got the two play-in games on the Eastern side for seeds 7 through 10. It is a single elimination bracket, so no uh, two legs, no aggregate scoring. They used to do it like that. They changed it very recently. It's made for some fun games, and it makes it e much easier for us to sit here and do these playoff prediction exactly, episodes. Yeah. Uh, full OT, so two 15 minutes, no golden goal and penalties if needed. The higher seed hosts all the way through to MLS Cup. So no neutral venue at MLS Cup. If you are the higher seed, you host the whole way through. So Philadelphia Union being the Supporters Shield champions, they will host no matter what as long as they keep winning games. So yeah, kind of a, a bit of a, a reward for them being the best team in the regular season. Yeah. So let's just get straight into it, okay? We're going to start in the Eastern Conference with the play-in games. First play-in game we're going to talk about is Nashville, who are the seven seeds in the East, versus Inter-Miami, who squeaked in in 10th place. And both of these are expansion teams, little battle of the expansion teams in 2020. Who you got? Um, I got Nashville winning it due to their just overall consistency in the back, their current form and mm -hmm. their overall style that kind of suits the playoffs. They got um, Zimmerman in the back and leading them and really holding things down. I think this season they were 8-8-7, eight, eight, and seven, so decent for an expansion team. It's Miami was 7-3-13, and 13, so yeah. they're a little bit more susceptible in the back, and although they have really good scoring options up front with Iguain and, and Mar um, oh gosh, I forgot half their team's names. But uh, Pizarro as well. Yes, Pizarro. Yeah. Um, and so they have like good people that can score. It's just they haven't been able to get it working. And yeah. so I think that that with um, Nashville's current run of form, I think that they've won the majority of their last like seven games coming into it yeah, and drawn a in lot. Good form. You at least have, you know, a lot less extremes like you would get with, with Miami. So that's yeah. why I got them. Uh, did you just read off of my notes? Because I think you took all of my talking points. I also have Nashville winning. Um, again, like it's, they're set up. They can defend like hell and they can attack set pieces like hell. And both of those things have a lot to do with Walker Zimmerman, who is one of two major uh, de uh, defensive player of the year candidates alongside Jonathan Minso, the Columbus crew. Um, I'm kind of counting on Zimmerman here. I think he's going to get the game winning goal, probably off a set piece, 1-0, 2-1 win, 2-0 win, something like that. Um, and, and yeah, and as for Miami, they've just been pretty reliant on just moments of brilliance from individuals. They don't feel like a team to me. Yeah. Um, my Tweedy hasn't really lived up to expectations. He hasn't been that box-to-box -box ground cover that he has been in Europe and just hasn't really hit the ground running for them. I just don't think they can break down this Nashville side on the road. I th I've got Nashville winning this yeah. nine times out of ten. Yeah, and if you just look at it, it's 35 goals against for Miami, and it's 22 against for Nashville over the season. So Big difference. And if that doesn't tell you anything, um, you know, I think that that's a real indicator, and especially with Matuidi, 
he was never a production player. He was always just that bulldog at the back who would just disrupt play, give it to someone who's a little bit more technical right. in terms of Rabio at, at PSG. Yeah. And I guess at Juve in his, in his last year. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just you, don't even think he's done that though this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just hasn't really been that ball winner, that, that, that midfield force that, that you want him to be. I just, he really, I, I hope he has more to offer in the second year. Cause I just haven't been impressed, um, which Agreed. is disappointing. Yeah. Um, so we've both picked Nashville to win this, which means Miami is definitely going to win. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please no. Please. All right. So let's move on to the next play in game. We have new England revolution who are the eight seed versus the Montreal impact who are the nine seed. I'll kick this one off. I've got Montreal winning with this one. I got to go with my guy, Thierry Henry. I've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Um, And and I also just think that Montreal has faced so much adversity this year because they are a Canadian team having to play American teams because of the different quarantine rules crossing international borders. They have not been able to stay in Montreal all year. Same thing for Toronto. So they're playing in a neutral venue for their home games. They're staying away from their families all year. It's just been so much adversity, and then they squeaked into the playoffs on decision day with a really, really big win away at DC United. I just think they're going to they're gonna want this more than New England are. I think it's going to mean more to them, and I think that means more in the playoffs than anything else. On the, on, on the other side of that, Matt Turner has been one of the best two goalkeepers in the league for me this year. Um, this is the goalkeeper for the New England Revolution, uh, along with Andre Blake. Like, those are my two that I think should be considered for goalkeeper of the year. If New England are going to win, I think he's going to need a big performance like he's produced all year. And, and I think he could do that. And I think I could be really wrong with this pick. I mean, this is one of the picks I really don't feel good about. But yeah. something about Montreal, just I just feel. I just feel like they're going to get this one done. I feel like they're going to want it more. I feel like it's going to mean more to them. Yeah, well, just three words. Calma. Coma, coma. <laughs> and so I, I have Montreal actually actually losing this to New England. Um, as All much right. as I love Thierry Henry, my my home uh, my home guy. Yeah. Um, I I have them losing just because they have been outside of their home venue. They have been stretched. Their players haven't been getting that rest in terms of. There's a difference between getting rest at a hotel and getting rest at home yeah. with your family. There's a big psychological thing. And in a recent interview that we did uh, com- coming up, the yeah. player was talking about how he uh, his team had a team uh, psych- psychologist that told them, bring your pillow from home to, to you uh, for away matches. Trying just to get that, that extra 1%. That extra yeah. 1% because when you have things that remind you of home, you play better. You're more comfortable. You're more confident. And so they've, they've really lacked that, and it's been evident in their and their um, record this season. So they've been eight, two and 13. Yeah. I think that the biggest indicator of a strong team for playoff, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is having a lot of draws and wins and rather than wins and losses. Yep. And so new England's been eight, eight and seven. And so they have a similar season um, as Nashville in terms of yeah. goal difference as well. It's been 26 goals for 25 goals against, they have an experienced manager within the MLS. He knows it better uh, with Bruce Arena. Yep. They have big man Andrew Farrell in back. I would not. Yep. Farrell, maybe. Uh, I don't yeah, know Andrew Farrell. Yeah. yeah, Andrew Farrell. I would not want to mess with that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Lee Wynn and, and up yeah. front. And, and they got they got Gustavo Bo it, and yes. Carlo, Carlos Heel. And, and they're really just now getting healthy. 
I mean, yes. and those guys haven't really started a lot of games together this year, which I'm sure you're about to say. You're talking me yeah. into this. I got to stick with my trail. Yeah, Stop yeah. making no, such but, good and, points. And I watched, <laughs> I watched the extended highlights between Montreal playing New England a couple weeks ago. Okay. And it was just very back and forth in terms of the play. And Montreal was very exposed and didn't have much of an, a scoring threat for that game. And New England pretty much dominated the, the whole game. And so I think because Montreal has a leaky defense, they've let in 43 goals this season, which is up there. And they have Victor Wanyama, big man in the middle, who I think is a little bit in better years than Matuidi to disrupt that play. So I, I wouldn't go uh, against them and, and Boyan uh, up yeah. front as well. Yeah, he's been hitting the form that Montreal had hoped he would hit. Yes, uh, he's been signing. good this year. So, so he's been much better, especially towards the end of the year. So that does give them a little bit of hope. You've nearly talked me out of this, but I think that if you pick this whole bracket super logically, you're going to get every single one wrong. So sometimes I just feel like I got to go with an emotional pick, and Montreal is one of those. Yeah, <laughs> and and every like March Madness, I know that I can't do that because yeah. obviously there's some upsets, especially in the first round against someone who's a little bit more solid. Oh yeah, and I have a couple of predictions like that i just don't think that this is that game and i don't think montreal yep. are are that team it's fair that's fair it's a very good analysis so let's go on to the proper first round uh by the way that those planned games are taking place on november 20th yeah we have an international break coming up uh it's something to acknowledge when we talk about the, all these games and something i'm going to make a point about is mls has a 10-day mandatory quarantine upon returning from international duty. Yeah. So on these first-round games, you've got the conference play, Eastern Conference play-in round on November 20th, and you've got the first round in both the Eastern and Western Conference on November 21st or the 22nd or the 24th. Yeah. It's flexible scheduling on that. And with the international games taking place on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, and then a 10-day per- quarantine period, there's going to be some international players that went to international duty that are going to be missing. For example, Pizarro for Miami, which is one thing I didn't mention, but a reason I picked against them as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you looked at the latest U.S. men's national team selection for the pool, it's all European players. Yeah. One, because of the our best talent is yeah. uh, arguably is in Europe, and they have a lot of similar restrictions in terms of um, having to quarantine and stuff. And I think that Burhalter is yeah. knowing MLS. He's like, they actually season. just, inter- they actually just interviewed him on the broadcast, uh, when I was watching on decision day. And, uh, he, he did say that having been an MLS coach, he knows how much these organizations are putting into this season. And he said him and his staff just sat down and didn't think it was fair. Other than to, Sebastian Legette. Yeah. Well, he missed the yeah. playoffs because the LA galaxy sucked. True, true. <laughs> um, so they didn't call in any MLS players because he didn't feel like that was fair to those teams to, to be taking, to be taking player, big players away from them. So they went with the European base, which gave them the opportunity to bring in all those young players. And exactly. I think us men's national team Twitter absolutely lost their minds because it was every yep. like prospect that they wanted to see in camp. So exactly. But that's beside the point. Let's go over to the first round. Uh, again, these are taking place November 21st, 22nd or 24th. We've got first up Philadelphia, the one seed versus for me, Montreal for Matt, New England. Have at it. Yeah, so I have Philadelphia winning. Um, I I have them winning like a a comfortable 3-0 or or something like that. New England haven't beaten Philadelphia in the last five meetings. 
Philadelphia hasn't played a long season, so they, I don't think they're going to have that curse that most Supporter Shield winners are mm-hmm. going to have in terms of winning um, MLS Cup. I think only seven teams have won both in history. The latest, the last one being in 2017, I believe. Yeah. Um, but other than that. I think that the season's going to really cater to that and added to the fact that Philadelphia have a deep roster. Yeah, they're really deep. With Ilsenio on the bench, it's incredible that they can have that experience and that skill and that flair to come on and really change a game. I think that Philadelphia being 14-5-4, they're a very high-scoring team, 44 goals for, 20 against, and they have a solid team at the back. And the best, I think the best keeper in MLS, Blake, who is unplayable in MLS, is back tournament, um, which you probably got to see in person. Right. Uh, he he was unbelievable on an absolutely different level. But it's important to mention that he currently has a broken hand and hasn't played the last two games. And yeah. it's his his return is questionable. uncertain. Yeah. It helps them that these games are so much farther off, right? I mean, we've yeah. got a whole two weeks before these games, but... I mean, if you saw him celebrating, he's got that cast in his hand, lifting up the supporter shield, and you're like, "Oh, please stop!" Yeah, please like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's for me. Like, right, I've got Philly winning here over Montreal. Uh, again, also Montreal, New England are going to be on short rest. Yeah, I, I had that in my notes too. Yeah. I had four days at the max at in the terms max. of uh, game, uh, days between their their yeah. play-in game. I yeah. would be shocked if Philly doesn't win this game. I think the only w- I, the path I see for Montreal here is Andre Blake not being healthy and not being back and some goalkeeper mistakes from their backup goalkeepers are Montreal's path to victory for me here because they played Joe Bindick in their second to last game. Philadelphia did. He made two errors pretty much one, especially for the game winning goal that Columbus scored and they won two or Columbus won two, one over Philly. And then he got benched for the season finale with the supporters on the line. They brought in a young kid. Um, Freeze, I think is his last name. Uh, I apologize if I got that wrong, but so it's really uncertain who that second guy is. So that's Pat, that's Montreal or new England's path to victory for me. But this is Philly. This is Philly. Anyways, let's go to the next one. Orlando, the four seed versus New York city FC, the five seed. This one's a hard one. This is a toss up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, Orlando are my favorite team in MLS and I've (laughs) never said, I've never said otherwise. (laughs) I have always thought that this year was going to be their breakout year. The organization <laughs> has just built up, you know, a great team around Luis Nani. Yeah. And they've been supporting American, uh, young American players. And and so, yeah, I mean, I've just played. I've played. But I, I, I do. In case you guys the, missed it, in an MLS 101 episode, Matt was quoted as calling Orlando a, quote, pointless franchise. I just don't see the point of them, end quote. Sorry, I had to bring that in for you In their previous four years, yes. I I still think that they've not really contributed much to the MLS. No, I mean, I agree. Prior to this year. They have not been good before this year, yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you who I got winning this game. Like you said, it's a toss-up. I'm really not convinced by by either team over one another. I think they're both great teams. Um, It's not whether or not they have quality. I have Orlando winning kind of uh, because it... Ultimately, I think it depends on which Orlando team shows up. Um, they've scored 40 goals and only allowed 25. They have a yeah. very diverse striking options with with Nani Mueller and Mueller uh, and um, 
Oh, DK. Daryl DK. DK. Yeah. Quick story on Daryl DK. I love me some Daryl DK. What a what a classic big oh, man yeah. number nine. <laughs> so I I actually saw Daryl DK play in person for the University of Virginia less than a year ago. So when a college cup was being played, which is the final four of Division I NCAA college soccer in the U.S., he was playing for University of Virginia in the semifinals, and I saw him play in person, and he was I, he, I didn't know who he was before and they walked out of the tunnel and me and my friends were like, oh, oh my, my. Oh, his thighs are bigger <laughs> around than my chest. That is a quote <laughs> from me. But we watched him score two unbelievable goals. They actually ended up losing that semifinal, but we were very convinced by Daryl after that game. And I've been really excited to see him really become a key piece. And honestly, in the national team conversation, yeah. all, out of nowhere, I mean, he goes from playing in the College Cup last December and in less than a year, all of a sudden, he's in the national team conversation. Pretty, pretty crazy. But that, that's a that's a side note. But, yeah. So and you have Orlando winning, yeah, right? Yeah. I have them winning. Both teams have only allowed 25 goals. Orlando just out um, New York City FC yep. in terms of goals four with 40 compared to New York's 37. And I think New York City has a little bit better form coming into the tournament. Yeah. Orlando's kind of sputtered off, but they've shown this year, at least with their current roster, that they have a roster that's good for tournament style um, games. Yeah. And it's also at home, right? And yeah. they're going to be able to have some limited fans there. And it's going to be the first playoff game they've ever had. And they get it at home. I mean, what more motivation can you ask for? The concern I have for the Orlando is uh, Pedro Gallense, their starting keeper, uh, is the starting keeper for Peru, and he's going to be competing in World Cup oh, qualifiers. So I didn't think of that. He is well. likely out through the international quarantine rules. I would think uh, we will continue to watch those developments and see what happens with those, but I'm just going to assume that he's going to be out because yeah. he's going to play for Peru. So... NYCFC have also been hot. They're a pretty complete team. Castellanos yeah. has, they lost a bear. They're, they're starting number nine to an ACL injury a couple months ago. And Castellanos has stepped in and started to look like that's his home. They've been playing on the wing a lot, but he's looking great up top. Maxi Morales is playing really well. I mean, just, I'm trying to talk myself into one or the other because I yeah. literally, I literally wrote, I'm leaning Orlando at the time of the writing, but then I updated for Guyense and I'm unsure again. Yeah. And I also wrote, I'll decide in the moment. So I actually haven't decided <laughs> who I want to win this game. I don't know. Um, but I think I really want Orlando to win. I really love Daryl DK, but I, I think NYCFC are going to come in and break some hearts here. Yeah, I that's, just couldn't. That's just, I don't know. That's that's the gut feeling I've got right now, so I'm going to stick with it. I think they're such a complete team. I think Alex Ring in midfield. I think um, Castellanos up top. I think Maxi Morales pulling the strings. Again, they're, they're like Philadelphia in that they're so deep. They've got so many options. I mean, you lose your starting number nine, and Castellanos comes in and performs at a high level. They've got Tejoy Shroudy. They've got so many options that I just have a tough time seeing them lose this game. I, I don't know. I just, I, that's my gut feeling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to argue with that because I'm not super convinced with Orlando whatsoever. Having that um, key, key uh, player out, the goalkeeper potentially yeah. out. If, if that changes, I think that maybe your pick might change, but yeah. I, I just can't really slate Orlando again in yeah. terms of because they, they've convinced me every game that I've watched in terms of their highlights uh, from the season, 
they've been very convincing because they haven't had to rely just on Nani. They haven't had to rely just on DK. They haven't had to just yep. rely on, on Mueller. Yeah. And so I think because of that depth up front and solid and back, they haven't overly relied on their goalkeeper, but he, he is an important player for them. I, I think that that's why I'd have them slightly going over top, yeah. maybe two, one mm-hmm. or three, two. Yeah, yeah. I think this is and, a close game for sure. The, it, I, my one solid prediction is that it's decided in the last 15 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I can see that with this game. I also feel like you kind of have a moral obligation at this point to pick Orlando in this game. So I was expecting that one from you. Let's go over now to Columbus, the three seed versus the New York Red Bulls, the six seed. This is another really hard one. Yeah. But starting at MLS's back tournament, I watch Columbus crew play and I just love their lineup. I think they're so stacked. They have so much firepower. They're all getting healthy right at the right time. They've got Jesse Zardes up top, who's Going been off. just absolutely firing on cylinders. 12 goals, second play, tied for second place from the Golden Boot this year. Um, he just makes all the right runs. His hold-up play has improved massively. So much better. I remember watching him. I would get really excited watching him at LA Galaxy, and then whenever he get picked for the national team, I'd be really anxiously wanting to see how that would translate. And every time they play it to his feet, his touch is just six, yeah. seven feet away from him, yeah. and it just gets swiped up. But he's always making those run he is a high worker um in terms of pressing the back line in terms of coming from wide to in or making those diagonal runs through the center backs he understands how to make runs in the box how to make space for himself and he's improved his hold up play and touch so much credit to him for for developing that honestly with josie out the door out right now and a lot of the young forwards in the national team pool still unproven he's he's the first option for the national team right now which uh which good for him uh they've also got zella rayon their new signing, their number 10. He's an absolute joy to watch. Watched him score an unbelievable free kick in the first game at MLS's back. Um, Darlington Nagby is probably my favorite player in the league. Just what a metronome he is. He never loses the ball. It's just unbelievable how much he keeps the team ticking over. Yeah, to that, I was watching their last highlights, and Darlington Nagby just got caught sleeping, and he was just very confident in his own ability of not giving the ball away and gave the ball away. I think I remember that game because uh, the commentators were like, oh, Nagby just lost the ball. Is he sick? Is he okay? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't happen, but I I love him so much. Milton Valenzuela is the best left back in the league he's yeah. not going to be in the league much longer he's Easily. unbelievable Jonathan Mintz is probably going to be defender of the year they're really only third place in the east because they've had injuries Nagby was out for an extended spell Zela Rayon was out for an extended spell and so they had to keep the keep it going without very core players a lot of attacking players but now they're all back healthy they're all in on MLS Cup they knew they weren't going to be able to make a supporter shield charge uh, once they got far enough behind. So they were all in on getting their form, and they just beat Philadelphia 2-1. I just I think they are primed for a really, really great playoff run. I might be letting emotions get in the way of this one a little bit because the New York Rebels are a very good team as well. Yeah. They've historically, though, had some playoff struggles. I just don't think that 
you know, with Brian White up top. And I just don't think they have enough talent. They're a very system team. Yeah. Um, in the past, they were a system team that had really talented pieces. Now they just feel like kind of a system team that doesn't just has kind of average pieces to me. So I, I just have a hard time believing in them for an extended playoff run, especially over this really talented Columbus team. Yeah. And I, I, I would say Red Bull is definitely like a 50 cal. They, they're primed and ready for a big bang, but yeah. they just don't have uh, the caliber of players in order to, you know, get running, going at the defense and, and stuff. But I really wanted to pick Columbus for this. I was like, there's no way that New York Red Bulls is going to beat them. Wait, how did you not pick Columbus for this game? Did you actually pick the Red Bulls for Be, this game? Because oh, you're going to do a hard sell in this. It's not a sell <laughs> in terms of Red Bulls. It is a sell in terms of tournament-style playing. And so, of course, I, I think that Columbus is a system, uh, is a defensive system. You know, they've only allowed 21 goals they, this entire season. Yeah. They've been great. They have one of the best, um, Jonathan Mensah, yeah, there's the, a one of the best defenders of the, of the year. Yeah. And they don't concede very many times. They have good forwards and good depth up front. But I still have them losing. Oh, my gosh. And New York has the, New York is probably the worst team for me to pick in terms of who could like upset. If it was yeah. like vice versa in terms of the team's performance, uh, Columbus is 12, 5, and 6. Yeah. Uh, Red Bulls is 9. Uh, nine five and nine and so if it was vice versa i would be like okay yeah columbus has a system and stuff but this is just that money ball just like all right i i know that something's gonna get screwed up in the first round so this and is so just this your is random my, yeah, upset pick. this is my random upset pig nothing more than that i i, I love it I, lo I love an upset nothing yeah. more than that i love columbus and if they win this yeah. i won't be upset <laughs> but that this is just me just kind of rolling the dice with it uh, well i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you're dead wrong i am so high okay, on columbus so, wait, 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 wait. i am so, so high my on columbus. one defense for red bulls is the only reason why their system hasn't worked for the playoffs historically is because of the ex like the normal season when you have bradley wright phillips and all these players tyler adams running just like think hell. they got burned out yeah they, they get yeah. burned out by the time that um the playoffs roll around and they either have key injuries or people are just not in prime form yeah that's kind of why i think that they don't really win too many mls yeah. cups or get deep in mls cups yeah. and so i don't think that they have that really um going against them although yeah. they don't have the I mean, players come on squad again, going you just for said, them you just said bradley wright phillips and tyler adams now it's brian white and yeah. sean davis i just yeah it's just not as good all right well we'll we'll move on i'm sure me and matt will continue to argue about that game far outside this podcast <laughs> let's go to the last <laughs> eastern conference first round we've got toronto who are the two seed who are the only one that could uh, challenge philadelphia for the supporter shield in the last day of the season uh they ended up losing that final game uh and then we've got Nashville, who we both picked yeah. in the playing game as the seven seed. What do you think here? I have Nashville. You really have Nashville. I really, really have Nashville. Okay. I think that um, that Nashville, their their attacks and their consistent defense perform. Their I have Nashville winning it. Yeah, based off of counterattacks and they're consistent. Really, Nashville, yeah, this game. Nashville winning it because they have a consistent defense. They have Walker Zimmerman, like we like we said, leading them at the back. We've seen how big of a hole that he left from LAFC oh, when yeah. he left. Oh yeah, and I love the Cinderella story. This is my Cinderella story that I'm having to pick. This is my 
Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the most recent Cinderella story in the NCAA. Maybe my Murray State with um, yeah. uh, from last year or uh, Richmond Spiders upsetting Duke yeah. a couple years ago. I love that because I'm a Tar Heel fan and I hate Duke <laughs> with a burning passion. But anyways, yeah, so th- I, I kind of want them to, to go on. I mean, Toronto's had a good season given the, all the things that they've had going against them, key injuries being outside of their home field, having to play in New York as well. Yeah, correct? Oh, they're actually playing in Connecticut. Or Connecticut. Um, okay. Yeah, they're playing their home games at Pratt and Whitney Stadium, which is the home to the University of so Connecticut Montreal is football playing team. at Red Bulls, right? Uh, I'm not sure where Montreal's playing their home games, to be honest, but I do believe it's in New York. It yeah. might be at Red Bull Arena. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. But Vancouver was playing at uh, Portland's uh, okay. arena, but just but yeah. for, for what that's worth, they're outside the playoffs. They don't matter. So. Yeah, so my last <laughs> point for why I don't have Toronto going through is because they have an agent roster they have omar gonzalez michael bradley and josie altador still as their kind of key three they have the good up-and-coming I mean, youngsters oh, and, and well. yeah you, yeah you got, he's an mvp he, yeah. he's probably the mvp this year or could be the mvp this yes. year he's just well, i don't know them. if he i don't think he can carry them any more than that uh, than than what he's already done with them being 15 5 and 5 which is amazing like hats yeah. off to Toronto I don't think that it is a season that they threw away for the supporter shield given everything that they have going for them, uh, going against them right I just want Nashville to kind of keep right. on going through from that play in game and beating the number 2 seed in the east Yeah I I've got I've got Toronto winning this game um I like Nashville I think they're really set up well for a little playoff run but I just think that on short rest and with the attack that they have, how overly reliant they are on set pieces, I just don't think they have enough power to score on Toronto or to score enough goals on Toronto to make it matter. Um, Even with Toronto not having their true home field advantage at BMO Field, um, I just think Toronto's going to win this one 2-0, 3-1. I have it 1-0 Nashville. Yeah, I just I just think Pozuelo is going to be too much. I think Iowa Canola has been um, the other breakthrough number nine, uh, along with Daryl DK this year, who's mm-hmm. pushed his way into the American national team number nine conversation. He's been just really incredible. I think just even just those two for me push them over the edge here. I, I do really like Nashville. I would love to see Nashville go through, but I just think Toronto are going to be a bit too much for them in this game. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's move past the first round now, okay? Into the Eastern Conference semifinals. So I have Philadelphia versus NYCFC because I chose NYCFC in that last-minute decision. Um, <laughs> so now you got to formulate an argument yeah, for them. <laughs> now i got to think about that a little bit more. Um, Philly is unbeaten at home all year, uh, which is going to be a great advantage for them considering they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. This one comes down to Blake's health for me. Again, if Andre Blake is healthy, I think Philly can do it in any game just because he can keep them. If they play horribly, he can make five unbelievable saves and keep them in the game. If I want anyone leading my team during the playoffs, it's Alejandro Bedoya. I just, I mean, I wouldn't choose anyone else in the league as my captain in a playoff scenario other than Alejandro Bedoya. I mean, just what a, what a leader he is. He would have me, I would run through a brick wall for Alejandro Bedoya. Um, so for NYCFC, for me... I mean, they can really grab hold of this game through possession as a possession-oriented team uh, and really kind of put some pressure on Philly. But I think think Philly get this one done. I think Philly get this one done if Blake is healthy. Yeah. And and for me, I have Philly playing Orlando. I also have Philly winning this game. Yeah. Although I am scared. scared. I'm scared I'm falling into the trap of 
falling in love with Philly because of their supporters shield regular season. I and agree. it's just not going to work in the playoffs. And I'm, that scares me, but I still don't see NYCFC beating them in this in this game I at did, Philadelphia's place. I just think there's a curse around the supporter shield and MLS Cup. Yeah. I I I feel very hesitant to keep on riding this Philly train and I know that their players are one either going to be super pumped and running with confidence at highest level yeah. and they have a deep roster which is great for this they haven't had to play a super long season and so they have that going for them as well as many of these teams do yeah I I I for for your pick I I don't think that New York City being a possession team is going to be in their favor, especially in playoffs and MLS counterattacking is sure. very yeah, much one right. of those things that is the name of the game. And so, I mean, it's work for Portland, it's work for Columbus. And so um, I, I have Philly winning just kind of because my mind is like, yeah, they're fantastic, yeah. but my heart is just very, very nervous for them. I, I could I think easily the, see them being a first-round upset, though. Yeah, I, I think the X factor here for Philadelphia, uh, we know, I think, what we're going to get from Bedoya. We know what we're going to get from Aronson. We know what we're going to get from Jose Martinez, who's been arguably the best number six in the league. We know what we're going to get from Mark McKenzie, uh, who's uh, probably the third in the Defender of the Year voting. Yes. Um, he, I would not be surprised if he gets a, a move to Europe in some time in the next season or two yeah. just unbelievable Ray Gaddis at right back I mean Andre Blake and goal you know what they're you're gonna, so deep you know what you're gonna get from those guys but I think what the x factor is is Casper Shabelko up top and Sergio Santos on one of the wings yeah they they've been really really good this year and they've been the players that have kind of pushed them over the top but they're not elite players. They're, they're not like Bedoya level players not Pozuelo level players they're not Maxi Morales level players and so I think if they are on form and firing and Sergio Santos is scoring a hat trick like he did against Toronto uh, late in the regular season, then I think Philadelphia is going to be just fine. But I think if Shabelko and Santos are not playing up to that standard and let the pressure get to them, I think Philadelphia is going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you look they're at... The, they're the players to watch for me. Yeah, you, you look at the 2017 Toronto team. You had Michael Bradley. Yeah. You had uh, Giovinco. You had Josie Altador. You had... Was it Pozuelo? Was he still there? No, he was or? not there yet. No, not in 2017. You had Victor Vasquez. Vasquez, that's who yeah. I'm thinking of. And so you had four all-stars on that team. And right. I think in... In, in Philly, you you do, but they're in different positions that are a little bit less vital or less influential. I mean, a goalkeeper, that's a big one for me. And, and for my game, Orlando, I think that they could sneak it in with, you know, having a very fiery front line yeah. and a solid defense as well. The, their matchups this year have been very, very good in terms of playing against Philly, but it's kind of a toss-up for me just because... I hesitate to go with Philly. Yeah, but all right. Well, we're gonna commit. We're gonna commit to our Philadelphia. Philly, pick. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia through to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is gonna be the one that ruins our bracket, and um, and everyone's just gonna get very, very frustrated. That like I remember Michigan State busted in the first round. And yeah, they were ranked number one or something, and everyone had them in their final four. Yeah, and everyone's bracket got busted. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So we've got, uh, in the next one, we've got Columbus. Uh, for me, we've got Columbus versus Toronto in the other Eastern Conference semifinal. Um, I'm a big believer in Pozuelo. I'm a big believer in Akinola. But come on, man, I love Columbus way too much. Columbus wins a classic playoff game here in overtime. Let's say 
three to two uh, overtime goal from Giassi Zardes lifts them over Toronto. I'm in love with this Columbus Crew team. There's no other pick I could make here. What's your matchup here in this? Yeah, game? so I have Red Bulls versus Nashville. Oh, so you have so a completely yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, when I was writing into this, I was like, I don't really know how to formulate a, an that, argument that's so hypothetical. That's a six versus seven, right? <laughs> exactly. I have a two versus three of a six versus seven. Okay, go on. Yeah, so. I think both teams will struggle scoring and defense wins championships. So I have Nashville going. No way. <laughs> I have Nashville going going the to the next round for me. I I have them winning just because Red Bulls is just not that threatening in terms of going forward. So I think Nashville is going to do the counter counter press or whatever yeah. the that Liverpool do in terms of counterattacking someone's counterattack and so um that that's kind of why I have that game not not, not much more of an argument for me going there <laughs> uh, I love that Columbus crew are the team I fell in love with apparently Nashville SC are the team you fell in love with here so Eastern Conference Finals then uh, before we go to mine I want to know you Nashville versus Philadelphia right for you Please tell me you've got Nashville going to MLS Cup. <laughs> Please tell me you have Nashville going to MLS Cup. I mean, I have the game written down, but I don't really have much like going for for it. So, I mean, in in terms, it's a it's a case of Cinderella versus the cursed team. Yeah. So, for for the bands, I'll change it up and I'll just go for Nashville. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Nashville! Come on, Nashville! Come on! So, are you really gonna are you gonna take Nashville through? No. I'm gonna give you, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm gonna go for Philadelphia just because okay. I want to see them. I think that they have a cal like a high enough caliber team that can break the curse in terms yeah. of winning Supporter Shield and MLS Cup. So, for that, and I love Aaron Johansson and Badoya, like you said, and Brendan Aronson. Uh, 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 yeah. Brendan Aaron said, "What? Who? Uh, There's the concussion popping yes, through concussion right there. Popping through. Aaron Johansson doesn't even play in MLS. <laughs> I've been hearing Aaron Johansson on every MLS podcast just because of the uh, roster pool yeah. or whatever. Everyone yeah. is like interested to see him. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, Brendan Aronson. Yeah. Did I get that correct? Yeah, you got All that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like Brendan Aronson. I want him to finish off on a high before he yeah, goes out to really Salzburg. Cool. Yeah. I think that that would be an amazing story for for that team and that city. And I hope that they can just." You know, go in with their Captain America shield on their back yeah. and, you know, take over. <laughs> um, Eastern okay, Conference. so for me, I've got Columbus versus Philadelphia, right? Um, yeah. So that's a three versus a one. Um, but remember, I didn't know who I was going to pick in Orlando versus NYCFC. And then I also didn't know who I was going to pick for Philadelphia and NYCFC. I decided those completely during this podcast. So my notes say Columbus versus who knows. The other picks don't matter because Columbus is going all the way, baby. I, Columbus I honestly to MLS would, Cup. If, if it was Columbus and uh, Philadelphia for me, I, I would have Columbus go through just because their system is so good. Yeah. And the first MLS playoffs that I watch Columbus, I think, out uh, won the uh, won the game versus Toronto, maybe yeah, something or, like or yeah, something yeah. like that. I just have Columbus in my in my head being a better playoff team than yeah, than Philly. Yeah. I, I 
So I've got Columbus going through. Uh, you've got Columbus losing in the first sure, round. Yeah, I've got Nashville losing in the first round. You've got Nashville in the playoffs it, or in the in the finals. That's that's fun stuff. Let's go over to the Western Conference. Okay, let's let's get out over there. There's no play-in games to go through over here. Who is going to make it all the way to MLS Cup to challenge either Columbus or Philadelphia, according to Matt and I? So first up, we're going to go to Sporting Kansas City, the one seed versus San Jose, the eight seed. <laughs> the other team that Matt has spent a, a large part of this podcast. Hey, no, that was you. You were the one who said that they were the wooden, uh, they were the Orlando City of the West. I said for you, they're your Orlando oh, City of yeah, the West. Mate, but I did tell the wooden spoon story about them, and I feel a bit bad about that. So maybe that's part of the reason that I have San Jose winning this game what? in the biggest upset of the first round. So, okay, hear me out. I This isn't just me like <laughs> picking San Jose because I want to pick San Jose. Starting with my reasoning around Sporting Kansas City losing this game, I know that the number one seed, but they haven't played anyone. Yeah, they've they've played no one because guys, the way this schedule broke down, they kind of broke everyone into pods. So, Sporting Kansas City is the number one seed in the West. Their most notable wins over playoff teams: three two over the Rapids during MLS's back. Okay, two one over Minnesota, one zero over Minnesota. So they beat Minnesota twice. 2-1 over Nashville, who won the play-in game over there, and then 4-0 over Rapids. Those are their marquee wins this season. Yeah. MLS is back included. I just am not convinced that they're actually a number one seed. I don't I'm not convinced that they're better yeah, than Seattle. I'm not convinced that they're better than Portland. They might be better than I think they're closer to like a four or five seed, maybe even a six seed. I just don't think they're actual I think this number one seed is going to have people looking at it and just assuming that they're going to roll. But I actually don't think that they're that good. I also think San Jose are very hot and cold, but their playoff intensity is going to be absolutely through the roof. Matias Almeida, more than any other coach in in the country, can just have you run through a brick wall for him. Those players absolutely love him. Plus, it could be Wando's last year. He could be retiring after the year, this year. They're not going to want... That's going to be inspiration enough. They're not going to want Wando to go out in a first-round playoff loss. I mean, they and, made the playoffs, which is pretty big feat for them, yeah, given the I mean, fact that they're not that good for the last five, six for years. For sure. There's not, not been a lot of investment in the roster. They don't spend a lot of money. They're overperforming expectations, I think. But, look, I saw them at MLS's back. When they won that game, I think it was 4-3, and, you know, like the famous clip where the trainer came over and was, like, spraying magic spray in the air as, like, yeah. a <laughs> pseudo-smoke bomb and stuff? I mean... Every MLS's back game meant more to them than any other team. So this is kind of like my Montreal pick over there. I just think it's going to mean they're going to be so fired up. It's going to mean so much to them. And I think SKC is way overrated. And I've got San Jose going through. I don't argue that San, uh, that Sporting KC is relatively overrated for being a number one seed. But my only stat that I'm going to say about San Jose is that they have had 51 goals against. Right, but that again, they're hot and cold. When they're good, they're good. When they're cold, they concede six goals. Yeah, but... They, they, like, their losses are like five no losses, and their wins are quality wins. So they're either going to win this game, or SKC's going to drop five goals on them. Yeah, and, and SKC, yeah, they, they've had a lack of convincing wins. They've only scored more than two goals five times this entire year. Mm-hmm. 
this entire year. So they 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 lack threat going forward. But when you're talking about going forward against a, a relatively solid defense, you know that that's one thing. Um, but lack goals going forward versus a defense that is seemingly non-existent because their tactics is press man marking stuff and. Uh, out wait what, what's the coach's I don't want to Matias Almeida Matias Almeida yeah, yeah. Almeida um, he is a players coach like you said oh yeah players love him but he's not a system or a tactics coach well he is a systems coach because he has he's the whole a system, man but he's not thing. a he's not like a good tactician so he can't really develop if if their man marking pressing and stuff isn't going well I don't see him being able to adapt to a playoff system oh yeah well they don't they don't adapt they they go ball, they go absolutely it's, it's balls to the wall like, yeah, yeah absolutely and, balls to the wall man mark like go go big or go home right and, yeah. and so that's part of the reason why the players love him so much i mean my, my other thing though is that to be fair to matias almeida he did lead guadalajara to a Concacaf champions league final victory over toronto using this man marking system i think the problem is actually more that San Jose isn't investing in the squad. Yeah, he, he's had to take existing players from the old regime and adapt them to his style, rather than buying new players that will fit his style. Yeah, you're you're convincing me. I'll <laughs> let you know that. And, and I definitely think that it's the, like what you do with me in New England. Yeah, <laughs> and I definitely think that the uh, the season change in terms of having to play like three games a week has been killing San Jose, especially for their system. So Almeida has been complaining about that and about yeah. every press conference and every loss that they've had. Their their season it was like they've had five zero wins and like five zero losses. Oh yeah, they're, I, they're, I, they're the definition of hot and cold. So I I think that they could pull it off. Not you convinced me of that, but I I just went for the safe route and put Sporting yeah. KC not no, in a convincing fair. win, but maybe like two zero or three two. Who knows? Yeah. But I I just have KC going through. Okay, okay. Let's go down to Minnesota versus Colorado. Minnesota being the four seed, Colorado being the five seed. What do you think on this one? For this one, just to kind of point it out, the um, the international quarantine is going to come into big yeah. play here. I don't know if you had that written down. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I have Colorado winning just because I really identify with them. I hope that they can, you know, prove Stan Kroenke wrong. <laughs> I forgot I, about yeah, that. Yeah, and so I still have a grudge. So I can relate with them, and so I want them to win. I think Minnesota has a cool home field advantage. Um, For sure. And in terms of their stadium and it's their gonna fans. It's going to be cold as crap. And it's going to be cold, and so I think that, it, I mean, it's always cold in Colorado as True. well, so it's not really going to phase those players too much. But I, I, I like Colorado's team from the games that I've watched. It's not really been a very convincing season from them, but it's been solid. I think yeah. that they're very average, and so I have them going through. Not with any conviction, though. Yeah, yeah. I have Colorado going through as well. I think Minnesota are definitely the better team, but I'm concerned, right? They've got Robin Lode, fin- who is Finnish. He's going to be yeah. missing from international quarantine. Jan Gregus, Slovakia. Kai Kamara, Sierra Leone, Roman Metinair, their outside back, Madagascar. Those are four major starters for them that are going to be out. Kevin Molino's hitting great form. They've got various guys hitting great form, but they've also got, like, I think for decision day, they had like 11 guys out for various reasons, injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you add in these international things. I have no idea how many of those guys are going to be able to get healthy in time from that original list. I just think they're going to have too many holes to fill. I, I think they're the better team, and I think they're unlucky here between injuries and international to do that they might get a little screwed. Rapids are only missing Diego Rubio, who's probably going to be their starting number nine. He's uh, representing Chile. 
but yeah, I give Colorado the edge here just because I think they're also a little bit fresher because yeah. they uh, kind of had a little they, battle not with COVID. That many, yeah, they have not played many games. They are the reason points per game was the playoff qualifier rather than total points because they had a bout with COVID and they missed, I think, they only played like 18 games by the end, whereas everyone yeah. else played like 22 or 23. So yeah. they played way less games than everyone else. And so they are actually probably are a little bit more rested and they're rounding into form nicely. So I see Colorado winning this game. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next yeah. one then. The, no, no arguments there. Yeah, no, no real arguments about that. I, I yeah. think that the only argument that I'd have is for MLS teams in the playoffs, uh, just getting kind of hosed by this international break. It's not that they're playing nations. Uh, what what Nations Cup or whatever the yeah. heck it's called Nations or Nations League, League. Yeah. yeah Nations League games or anything so if I was a player and I would be talking to my agent being like hey I love this country that I'm representing but I really want to uh, rep it I think for it my might club. be I think it might be Nations League games though and it's Is well, it? I, I know it's I know it's South, I know for the U S it's I know it's South American South World America Cup I understand Concacaf pushed back their start to March so none of the um, Central American North American teams have I don't actual think, qualifiers. I don't think Europe have qualifiers. I might be wrong with that. Yeah. I know that we're playing, the U.S. is playing Wales and um, Australia maybe, or no, we're playing Wales and Panama, I think, and we're playing yeah. Panama and Austria or something like that. Right. And so just kind of like filler games or, or what have you, but it... Yep, there's Nations League. For Europe? Yep, on the 14th and the 15th, so... Dang. Scratch that whole conversation that we argument, just had, but still, I, be, I, I still feel for for these MLS yeah, teams because tough. this it's is tough. a lot bigger than um, Nations League, obviously for them. Yeah. So Nation, okay, yeah. let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Um, we got Portland, the three seed, versus FC Dallas, the six seed. I've got Portland winning this same. game. Portland are the definition of built for yes. the playoffs. I think yeah. we probably have the same exact things written yep. down. They're a sit and counter team. They've always been that way. I think if they still had Sebastian Blanco, who they've lost yeah. to a seasoning injury, they'd be a favorite for this whole thing, uh, and they would have been challenging for the top of the West for sure. Um, there's a reason they won the MLS's back tournament. Sebastian Blanco was, I believe, MVP of the MLS's back tournament. Uh, he was unbelievable, unplayable at times, but I think they're just a little bit too thin. Diego Valeri's going to play a much bigger role. He's He's been waning in terms of his productivity. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a reason. He was kind of supposed to be on the out, but because... They have had so many injuries with Blanco and, and those players. Diego Valeri is kind of back into a big yeah. role. I mean, I mean, if you watch the Timbers LAFC game from yesterday, his assist in the 90th minute for the equalizer was vintage Valeri, vintage Portland Timbers counterattack, cross to the back post. Um, <laughs> Jorge Villafaña with his first goal for Timbers in five years with for the game tying goal in the ninth minute, which is which is pretty cool. I didn't realize um, he's been there that long. I thought he transferred. Well, from... he was there for a while, then he went to Mexico, yeah, okay, and then okay. he came back. Yeah. yeah, but um, FC Dallas are a good team, but they're just not a great team. I think this is going to be a tight game. I give Portland the edge on this with probably a late counterattack winner. Yeah, and and Reggie Cannon's gone. Reggie Cannon's as well. gone. He's so in Portugal. Big big loss for them. So the reason why I have Portland winning this, funny enough, is I'd been doing a player career in FIFA for <laughs> FC Dallas. And so I'm very well acquainted with their roster and, and everything. And you just and, don't think it's good enough. And I was having to pull the strings against <laughs> Portland every time Portland. It would be like they would, they would counterattack and we lost actually in the yeah. playoffs against them. And so that's why I have Portland going through. <laughs> and they just frustrated me. And I haven't been really convinced with looking at um, FC 
FC Dallas this season. They're they're a decent team. Yeah. Um, it, it's just not very inspiring. Uh, he's Paxton he's injured. Pomacall, he's injured. So that's Achilles a huge. Injury. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge loss for them. So. My my reasoning isn't really too much. This is okay. There you this go. Is you, my, you come to what the FC for great in depth tactical analysis no. through video games. No, so yeah. So <laughs> for me, this is my first bracket uh, for MLS playoffs yeah. that I've ever done, and so I'm like that ignorant person in the <laughs> office that's like, oh, there's some money on the line for this stupid thing. I'll, I'll, I'll fill out a bracket, and they ended up winning the ESPN tournament um for like the uh march madness stuff and right. so for for some of these i've gone in depth and being like oh yeah i've yeah. watched a lot of these highlights and then some of these other games i'm just like i have no idea which way is the wind blowing <laughs> or so the most obscene you know dick um, and honestly i think we've all seen from uh, your mom beating you in your march madness bracket that that is more often than not, a better strategy than trying to be too analytical. Exactly. You know, why waste my time investing into this bracket when I know that it's going to be wrong? You know, I'll, I'll just play the concussion card on the Western Conference. How about that? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You play the concussion card. So tell me then, uh, Mr. Concussion, who do you have for Seattle, the two seed, versus LAFC, the seven seed? This is our final first round matchup yeah. in the Western Conference. This is a great game. This and is I a think, deceiving one. Uh, too. I feel like it's like the, you know, 15,000th game they've played against yeah. each other this year. <laughs> yeah. They've played so many games against yeah. each other. They they mash up in the playoffs in MLS's back, mm-hmm. um, which LAFC lost to Seattle. So, I, wait, am I am I getting that right? I, I feel like that I was right. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I might be completely lying to you guys. Uh, but anyways, Seattle versus LAFC. I'll just hand it over to you. What do you think Yeah, about so this, this one? one I think is the most deceiving one out of the Western Conference. I think... Um, going back to your first pick, I think the only reason why San Jose made it in the first place is the fact that the Western Conference is very weak. Yeah, it's much weaker than the, the Eastern Conference Eastern this year. Conference. Yeah. And so you have like the big team of LA being terrible, even though that LA Galaxy being terrible, even though that they have a solid roster. They just, none of their players have really linked. Their manager wasn't very yeah. good for them. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, different conversation. The issues with the Galaxy franchise. They've missed the playoffs three out of the last four years. Yeah. That's not good enough for a team that spends as much money as exactly when you have yeah chicharito making seven million or five million and something on his contract scoring two goals unbelievable oh doing the lebron james celebration after scoring your second goal the season on a seven million dollar contract that is a sketchy decision yeah but (laughs) but anyways back to lefc versus sounders so this is a deceiving one because lefc have the talent have the roster for being in top three uh, yep. in the western conference so they shouldn't really be a seven seed this season they've been they've been not very good from the games that i've watched they've just not carlos been, yeah, been also injured all injured, year long. but he's coming back at he's the back, right he, time he played a full 90 in the last and he, decision day. he scored against uh la galaxy i think it was he came on in the uh, el trafico rivalry a couple yeah. weeks ago also scored and, the goal in uh, the timbers game yes. on decision day and so, so i i want to pick lafc but I'm having to pick Sounders just because I've been watching a lot more of them. Roldan and yeah. Rui Diaz and Morris have all been going off going right. forward for Sounders. And I want Sounders to finally click again in yeah. terms of going far in the playoffs. I don't think that LAFC are very convincing right now. Yeah. Their defense isn't very good, but how about you? 
Um, I think for this one, uh, again, the international quarantine for the first round is going to play a big role here. Um, both Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez, who are both uh, two of the DPs for LAFC, along with Carlos Vela, um, they are getting called up by Uruguay. Oh, so, I did not see that. Yeah, so both of them are likely going to be missing for this wow. game. Um, but on Seattle's side, they're also going to be missing Raul Rio Diaz yes. and uh, Xavier Arriaga, uh, one of their center backs. So bo- both of these teams have major, major players missing for this first game. I think that even with Carlos Vela seeming to round into form and coming in, it's hard to bet against Carlos Vela in a playoff just given what he's done in MLS so far. Mm -hmm. I just think Seattle are going to be able to weather the storm of their international quarantines better than this LAFC team will be able to. Um, LAFC started a 16-year-old, Christian Torres, their first um, academy graduate to get minutes uh, against the Timbers, and he played well. And he might start in this game with uh, Rodriguez and Rossi probably both out, but it's just not the same. And I think that Seattle's going to have better depth. I think Brian Smetzer is an unbelievably good coach. He deserves the extension that Seattle are are trying to negotiate with them, but apparently they're not close. so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Kind of fingers crossed that that falls through and maybe he comes to Charlotte FC. That would be awesome. That would um, be epic. Yeah. That would be so epic. But I think Brian Schmetzer has won two MLS Cups with Seattle. He knows how to get these guys going for the playoffs. It's at home for Seattle as well. Their home field advantage with their turf field at CenturyLink, even without uh, fans or with a limited amount limited, of fans. Yeah. I'm not sure what the situation is in the state of Washington, but I just think they've got too much for LAFC here, which... This is a tough first-round matchup for LAFC. I think Seattle are the true number one seed in the West. I think, for me, they're the best team in the West. I don't think SKC is. I think we can kind of agree on that. Mm -hmm. I think Seattle's the kind of true number one seed Yeah, I think Yeah, I think it's between them and Portland uh, in in terms of being the best team. I think the best team sort of playoff as well. Yeah, for sure. Between those two. So, all right, let's go to uh, the... Let's do first, let's do... Since we just talked about it, let's do Portland versus Seattle. Um, yeah. Because the, we both yeah, had those teams Cascadia winning. Cup. So Cascadia Cup in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, this will be November 29th, December 1st, or December 2nd. Again, sketch, uh, flexible scheduling, excuse me. So what do you think for this one? I've got Seattle. I just think they're a better team. I think Portland are too thin without Sebastian Blanco. I don't think yeah. they have enough game winners on the field for this part of the playoffs i uh, i would agree with that point however diego chara is an absolute tank in midfield and so I, I i think that he's going to be able to hold it down i think that the system i'm going to go more with a system here for playoffs that that works in this game so okay. i i just really struggle to bet against portland given their yeah. history and so just for that reason alone, I think it'd be a great game. I think it's going to be one to remember if oh, they yeah. if they end up playing each other in the first place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I think that this would be a, a very good game between them. I think it's going to be tight. It would be like a 2-2 game going to extra time. Yeah, That's something how like that. close I have it between them. It's just okay. a toss-up for me. Yeah, I've honestly, I think I've got Seattle winning this one one or two nil um i just don't think that portland are going to have enough weapons up top for this one um but so we got different teams moving on there uh, over on the other side <laughs> we both have colorado going through yeah um but i've got an eight versus a five matchup uh with san jose versus colorado um <laughs> my notes say san jose eight versus colorado five dash 
how did I end up with this matchup? (laughs) 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 I mean, that's that's just a story of the Western Conference right now, man. You don't really have too many. Like, how do I have Seattle versus Portland in one game and San Jose versus Colorado in the other? Um, I think this one's a really complete toss-up. I love San Jose. I'd love to keep them going in this. But again, I'm coming back to just how hot and cold they've been. I just don't think they're going to be able to sustain it through a whole playoff run. I think they're going to pull one amazing, great upset. It's going to get everyone so excited. But I think Colorado is ultimately the better team than them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's just going to come through here. I mean, I just think Jack Price, Kellen Acosta, um, some of the younger players coming through as well, Diego Rubio up top, uh, Cole Bassett in midfield is the younger player I'm trying to think of. And Mm -hmm. um, I just think they've got a little bit too much. Abu Abu Bakar, their center back, uh, has had a great year. so I just think they're going to be a little too much for San Jose. I think San Jose is going to have one of their cold games. Uh, they're going to have a hot game against SKC, and then they're going to have a cold game against Colorado. And I think Colorado wins a fairly close game here. Yeah, so I have Colorado winning it as well for all the reasons you said. I they're... can't believe we both have Colorado going into a, to a I, Western I Conference either. final. I, I, I can't either. <laughs> but I'm happy for them. You yeah. know, <laughs> if, it, if it does happen, I'll be ecstatic for mm-hmm. them. I mean, there's not really much conviction. It's between uh, Kansas City and Colorado in this game. and Oh, yeah, that's right. You uh, have Kansas yeah, City. <laughs> and so I just don't – I'm not convinced by Kansas City, and I I don't want them to be further than that. That was kind of my reasoning for it. It's like I, I don't like them going through against San Jose. Yeah. It, it's just like just because I don't like San Jose's form and their season overall. Fair, I, yeah, I, fair it, point. It's been too streaky, but I don't have I'm not convinced by Kansas City either. Yeah. So I have Colorado. I like their young team. I like Kellen Acosta as their leader who's kind of emerged. I, I see him very similar to Bedoya in terms of being a, a US talent that's come yeah. through and this is now his team, I feel I yeah. feel like in terms of his midfield pulling the strings box to box i really like him as a player i've always yeah. kind of gravitated towards him and so that's kind of why I, I have them going through okay yeah and I, I rate jack price as well in midfield for them yeah. he's been a, he's been kind of their veteran leader yeah. uh whereas kellen acosta has more of that energy lead by example kind exactly. of energy, which, I, which i think is pretty cool it's, it's soft spoken but yeah 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 so all right we've got for you, you've got Colorado, the five seed, versus Portland, <laughs> the three seed. What a matchup that is, and that's going to just draw some TV ratings there in the Western Conference oh, Final. Yeah. Um, I've got Colorado, the five seed, versus Seattle, the two seed. And look, I'd love for Colorado Rapids to pull this off just as much as the rest of you do <laughs> that aren't Sounders fans. I would love for them to do it. I would lose my... Uh, imagine Colorado versus Nashville in the final. Imagine. But look, Seattle, the best team in the West. They're going to MLS Cup. I just Jordan Morris, Raul Ria Diaz, Nico Ladero. They have way too many weapons. Stefan Fry and goal. They've got way too much going for them. They're just a way better team than the Colorado Rapids. They're going to the MLS Cup final. Yeah, enough said. Um, I have Portland in this game, and kind of similar for, for your reasons. I think Portland are the best system in the West for the MLS playoffs, and so I'm just going to be writing that excuse the entire time. I think that they can just you know, keep grinding away at results and when they need key players and Valeri will step up like he, like he has been for them historically. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's hard with Blanco, um, being, being out, but, yeah. um, 
But yeah, I, I just can't have Colorado really going much further <laughs> than that. Similar to how I can't have Nashville going yeah. like, justifiably further than that. I have Portland going um, going to the finals of the MLS Cup. Okay. Which I don't think is much of a surprise in yeah. terms of hearing that. It doesn't like ring too many bells yeah. of being like, oh, that that's Colorado yeah. guard. But yeah. All right. So the MLS Cup final. It's going to take place on December 12th. According to my bracket, it's clearly going to be Seattle versus Columbus. No number one seed in my final. No number one seed in... Oh, no, you have Philadelphia. I have Philadelphia as mine. Philadelphia versus Portland Timbers. Very much a Philadelphia with an asterisk mark, but because (laughs) I'm just very precautious. I'm not convinced, Yeah. although they've had a great season. I'm just so wary of that curse (laughs) around them. It's just like MLS teams winning CONCACAF. Um, I just can't really see it happening. So are you going to pull the trigger and have Philadelphia Union do the double? Yes, you I am. You are going to do yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I think if any season that they I'm, can... I'm surprised. You were so in love with this Portland Timber system. I thought you were going to go... I thought you were going to ride am. Portland out the whole way. I, I am, but I think that Philly is just too deep of a team. They have too much firepower. They can. They have really good depth on the uh, sideline. But then at this point, I'm quite certain that Blake would be back in, in between the sticks. Yeah. And so for those counterattacks that um, Portland will provide, he's going to be on his toes and make those key saves at those key moments. And so for, for that reason, I have them winning and they're not going to get tired from the the season. They aren't like Red Bulls in terms of being too high pressing of a team. They, they, yeah. they do press and, and, and are very much a possession and uh, energy team, but I don't see them burning out. Um, un- unlike um, other teams. Okay, so Matt's 2020 MLS Cup champion is the Philadelphia Union. Brendan I'm, Aronson. I'm so ready to burn my bracket. Like, Brendan after the Aronson first week, goes out on a high note. <laughs> Alejandro Bedoya brings glory to the city of Philadelphia. That's who your MLS Cup champion is. Yeah, and I, I have my lighter ready to burn this bracket <laughs> after the first week when Nashville goes out. And, uh, <laughs> Nashville's going to lose the play and game to Miami. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Philadelphia's then going to get upset Miami, and you're just, the whole thing's out the window. Yeah. All right. So. It's either Inter-Miami winning the MLS Cup for me or um, Philadelphia. Okay, okay. <laughs> because <laughs> because oh, Inter-Miami is going to beat Nashville, they're going to beat <laughs> Philadelphia, and they're just going to ride that train. Iguain's going to be going off. Hat it's, tricks every game, hat right? Hat tricks every game, even though I have them going out in my bracket <laughs> in the first round. Okay, so my MLS Cup final is Seattle versus Columbus. Seattle hosts at CenturyLink Field. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite uh, uh, of my um, of my Eastern and Western. So you've got a very much a system team on the East. I have a system team on yeah. the West. You have the best team on the West, and I have the best team on the East playing. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a toss-up between what just, your philosophy is. For yeah, I just think, again, I, I've got these two teams here because I think these two teams have the most talented rosters. Mm-hmm. I love Philadelphia's roster, but I think Columbus's roster just has more stars and more talent and more top-end elite talent that's going to pull through in these in these really clutch moments in these yeah. games. Like you, you pay these guys for those moments, right? So I just think Nagby, Zellerion, Zardes, 
Mensa, Valenzuela, and then on Seattle side, I've got them in the final for a similar reason, right? Rui Diaz, Morris, Nico Lodero, um, Stefan Fry, just all these big, big time players. And so I have a tough time, you know, choosing against either of these teams making the final. And I honestly have no idea who I want to win this. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I have written here, I'll try to argue my way into one or the other th- throughout the course of the episode. And I've just fallen in love with both of these teams throughout the course of the episode. But I think I want Columbus to win so badly that I can't pick them. I've got to go, I got to go Seattle here. I think them hosting at their place is going to give them a pretty significant advantage. I think Brian Schmetzer is fantastic, the best playoff coach in the league. And Mm -hmm. just through proven data from what he's done with this Seattle team by getting them over that MLS Cup hump, I think they're too talented. I think they're going to do it maybe in penalties over Columbus. That's what I'll say. Um, Yeah, I have it going down to the goalkeepers uh, and penalties for your game. Yeah, I just it's it's a tough one to call. And I'm I got Columbus here because I just love that team so much. And I emotionally charged them through the Eastern Conference, and I feel like that has to stop here. And I've got to go with my brain, and I've got to choose Seattle as my MLS Cup champion. So um, Brian Smetzer with uh, his third MLS Cup in like five tries or something like that. Um, he'll go down as one of the the greatest coaches in MLS history. That's who I've got. Uh, I don't Fair know. Enough. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's enough said. I, I think that that's a good argument between your picks. I mean, I think that that's a realistic final. Yeah, I think there's hairs splitting them. Nothing more than that because both oh, rosters yeah. are stacked. Both rosters are MLS proven, yep. which I think is the most important thing. And great coaches as well on either side. So I think that I would be more excited to watch your final rather than than mine but um ultimately um I, i'm pretty happy with with both of our our playoffs uh predictions but yeah but yeah are you pretty content with with yours and uh interested about I, mine i feel really good about my bracket i mean i feel great That's a bad about feeling it to have. and i say that every march madness year <laughs> i'm like i feel good good i think i picked the right upsets i just feel like i've got a great balance in this bracket and it's going to be great and then i finish in dead last or next to dead last almost every single year and my mom runs away with our family group it happens pretty much every year so i feel like that's what's going to happen here yeah i mean how do you feel about i I think yours is fascinating i I can't get over that you've got nashville in the eastern conference final that would be them coming in off the play-in game to make the eastern conference final in their expansion year just basically sitting in and getting lucky in every game through set pieces would be so mls it would be so mls yeah and i'm just gonna sit here and uh plead ignorance and concussions (laughs) because that's why i uh, that's when i made this and so I mean, if that does happen, I'll look like the most genius person in the yeah. United States or whoever cares about MLS. So, but the thing is, the the philosophy that I went with this bracket is whenever I do March Madness, I'm a huge UNC Tar Heel fan. So yeah. I always put UNC in the middle, and then I work my way into in terms of like making that a reality. Right. And then for this, I'm not really attached with one team more than another. Yeah. Um. Neither are neither are you. I since mean, that, you have RSL yeah, not being in the my, playoffs. Wearing my RSL jersey tonight just to 
uh, commemorate their absolutely dreadful season. Oof. So at least I didn't have to pick against RSL tonight. Yeah, exactly. At least so, they did that hard work for me. I, I went for, I, I could have gone big brains like you did. And I feel like a lot of your picks are more about what seems realistic yeah, in yeah. terms of on paper. Yeah. I went for that initially. And then I was like, this is a playoff. This is a single yeah. elimination that that's impossible for every single one of them to play out like that. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to kind of roll the dice on a couple picks and then just pay the consequences yep. of it down the line when I moved on to the next round. Right. So I think what we've concluded from this playoff bracket is that the MLS Cup final is definitely going to be Sporting Kansas City versus Toronto FC. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. If you take nothing else away from this episode, <laughs> put money on those two getting to MLS Cup final because we've like eliminated both of them like in the first or second round. Yeah. And, so yeah, and we can guarantee you that it's not going to be Seattle, Portland, Colorado, or Philadelphia. Or really anyone we yeah. had in our like conference finals is probably going to lose in the first round. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, none of them are going to make a pass. That. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So if you're a betting man or a betting woman, uh, take our brackets, invert them yes. and, and place your bets there. So on that note, my name is Will Martin. <laughs> I'm Matt McCutcheon. And this is What the FC is.